I'm not that smart. I'm just really darn good at doing the same thing every day and every week. And that's what I love to do. Like, you know, based on this slide, every day we're in Monograph and Salesforce, making sure we know what's going on. Every day, my teams have 10 minute standups and make sure everybody, you know, is on the same page with what it is we're after. Our weekly cadences with our leadership team. And even to get more specific within that, one of our key calls to actions is what we call, you know, under the table. So, you know, we're very transparent. Is there anything going on that needs to be pulled out from under the table and, you know, put in the spotlight and aligned on? Welcome everyone to Section Cut, our first ever conference dedicated to the stories of leaders who are innovating on practice operations. Welcome everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, in the final event of this track. Uh, I'll be your host and moderator for this session, George Valdez. For those that might know, I'm head of marketing at, at Monograph. I'm so excited to be joined by Shane Balcom, who's the managing director at Rossman Architecture. This is going to be a great conversation around the firm, how they're organized, and a little bit about how they think about operational cadences. So I joined, uh, joined the architect firm a little over a year ago. It was roughly, you know, as per the slide, it was established in 2012. So it was we're coming up our ninth year, I believe. Uh, husband and wife shop, Eric and Sarah Rossman are the founders of the company. And they decided about a year and a half ago that they were really getting stuck on scaling the company sort of beyond a couple of million and 14 people. And they wanted to either go backwards or forwards. And then they had to decide which direction to go. And I, both of them are in the 30s, George. And I think they decided that uh, it made way more sense to try to grow the business. And they recognized they needed some help to do it. So they uh, engaged with an executive search firm, Perry uh, Martel. And long story short, they found me and here I am. Your entry into the firm was pretty unique with your background, right? I'm curious about how was the org company structured before you came in? And what kind of changes did you make or help influence after? I sat through uh, the last one with Lake Flato and it was fascinating because it was nice to hear somebody that sort of, you know, on a, even a bigger scale, talk about the same sort of things that you know I changed and implemented here. And, you know, funny enough, I reached out to both of them on LinkedIn already and asked if I could have some time because I'd love to understand the next step from, you know, 35 to 135 people. I, I changed the pod structure completely. You know, I have a founder CEO that is an entrepreneur first. He's an architect by education, but he really loves the entrepreneurial space and he reads and digests a lot specific to hyper growth tech companies. My last 15 years have been spent in software. You know, he went and looked for a guy sort of out of the industry. The, you know, the first time you and I met, we talked about me as an outsider. He, he really did go outside the vertical to find somebody to, you know, with some experience around scaling businesses and, and cared less about the vertical and more about just, uh, you know, the innovative side of scaling a business. You know, when I got here, like a lot of small firms, the, the people were wearing many hats. People were very reactive. You know, a lot of the data necessary to make the right you know, foreshadowability when it comes to strategy and just, you know, revenue decisions and stuff weren't in play. And, uh, you know, I, I recognized that the tech deck on its own, like there wasn't a CRM in place. There wasn't wasn't any kind of salesforce.com type of tool either. There, there was just some pretty obvious tech deck stuff that needed to be put in play and some structure and, and cadences given to the organization in order to, you know, basically swim lane everybody and, uh, you know, get them doing 
what their passion was, what they were, you know, educated in, what their their field was. So taking away back office stuff from my principal architects, you know, developing a director of ops role, developing uh, just the support staff around what we call the architect practices. Long story short, uh, it, it didn't take very long to, you know, find out that we had a whole bunch of work, you know, right, right in front of us with existing relationships and had the ability to change our top line without actually doing any, any outbound BD at all. So, you know, a lot of our growth was based purely on cleaning up process, building some really good cadences. And, uh, you know, I mentioned this to you the last time we met culture is always King with me. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that happy folks are more efficient folks. So we, really worked on the one win, all win and, you know, kind of alignment, even with uh, our, our bonus structure and stuff as we hit my first full fiscal, which started to, in March. I think people's ears might have perked up with a bonus structure side. Is there anything unique that you were thinking through when developing that? Well, funny enough, I took it from sort of old school thinking around software sales people. And, you know, we just came up with targets. We came up with big team targets. We decided for year one, we really liked the idea of not making them practice specific or stream specific. So we built some targets around what we thought would be a successful year. You know, we incentivized the staff specific to base salaries on a straight percentage on meeting goals. You know, it's pretty exciting. It's got everybody on the same page. Everybody benefits when we hit our targets. And, uh, and like I told you last time, if anything, we underestimated our uh, growth trajectory and our targets have become very attainable. So and that was based on two and a half times growth. And we're sitting somewhere around three and a half X 13 months in. Is there something about, uh, you mentioned cadence. What does that mean to you? Because I think that word might be somewhat foreign to the folks in the audience in a sense, like it's kind of a different way to talk about rhythms, essentially. You know, a lot of what I do is make sure that we're having regular rhythms. And, you know, another thing I took from sort of my, sales executive background was what I call forecast rhythms, but specifically with closed business around invoicing. So I work with the principals every week and we have forecast structure uh, to be very specific. It's Wednesdays. And it just helps us understand, you know, at any given time in our firm, we have about 80 active projects. So it just helps us make sure, you know, I have, you know, now thanks to Monograph, four, five, six months of a view when it comes to, my billability and my leadership team, the structure around that, the fact that we build a, a collaborative sort of, it is top down, but it's, again, it's a, it's a culture driven around sort of like design centric culture, collaborative culture. It's a culture of empowerment. And even though it's vertical, it's, I told you this last time, I believe there's two premises, either everyone matters or no one matters. And I drink the Kool-Aid that everyone matters. And that means Within the cadences, because these cadences are trickled down, everyone gets the same respect as the owner, but everybody also is held accountable in the same manner as a senior executive. And you know, it just helps us align on our mission and our values. And you know, in order to make sure that you keep that static, you got to be very habitual. And we laughed last time you and I spoke. I think I made a comment about the fact that I'm not that smart. I'm just really darn good at doing the same thing every day and every week. And that's what I love to do. Like, you know, based on this slide, every day we're in Monograph and Salesforce, making sure we know what's going on. Every day, my teams have 10-minute stand-ups and make sure everybody 
you know, is on the same page with what it is we're after. Our weekly cadences with our leadership team. And even to get more specific within that, one of our key calls to actions is what we call, you know, under the table. So, you know, we're very transparent. Is there anything going on that needs to be pulled out from under the table and, you know, put in the spotlight and aligned on? The monograph side, again, around just the forecastability. And, you know, I'm really excited with some of the new things coming out because, as you know, I got on the monograph bandwagon pretty early, not long after your MVP. And, you know, knew some of the upside from a feature set was sort of future dated, but no regrets. It's been a, you know, a key component to the data side of scaling uh, what I would still refer to as a hyper growth company. Like as of today, we're 33 people and you know, 13 months ago, we were 14. Is there anything in that growth where you've had to rethink any of these cadences because of that growth? You know, there's the saying that an organization at five people sort of breaks down at 30 or there's like these kind of like tried and true or numbers, right? That where communication becomes an overhead. Yeah, I've been talking to Eric a lot about this lately because we're getting out of phase one faster than I expected. And my gut check indicator is usually top line stuff. So I needed to build something that could take us from two to 10 million, but we're going to get there, gosh, almost a year faster than expected. And from 10 to 30 million, I do feel like there is a bit of a pivot structure wise. And I'm still very new to the architect space, but so far, you know, most of what I've applied logic wise is work. I'm under the assumption right now that around 10 million, we're going to need a bit of a different bill. And that could be growing the operations team a little bit more, maybe flushing out the proposal team. You know, the nice thing about the scalability of the build right now, specific to the practices, is they're kind of plug and play. We can add more pods to our structure relatively easy. As the trick is, can we support them? And, you know, obviously, this was touched on with Scott earlier. The, you know, can we attract the right talent? When it comes to operations, do you define it very, you mentioned a little bit about being able to remove some of the work that was there before for the project teams, accounts receivable, a lot of the financial operation side stuff. We've come across this idea of also design operations. Is there also a different lens to that that talks more about how to improve the, you know, BIM is another way to kind of wrap that around or something like that. Do you have that also embedded in how you think about operations? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, operations owns all that. So back to the how we structure and certainly try to keep our billable teams nimble. Now, we remove most of that. We formulate the rhythms in BIM, in operations, the exact same way I do as an MD. So, you know, Andrew Aljure is the director of ops here and him and his team and his team's gone from, you know, we pulled him out of billable and made him the director of ops 13 months ago. And now he's got a staff of four. And, you know, the reason for that is to continue to keep pace with our growing billable side of the house, George, when it comes to, you know, making sure they don't get bogged down in administrative functions. And that could be BIM related, that could be BD related, that could be proposal writing, it could be HR. You know, we've removed all the usual things and isolated them in back office functions. And, you know, even as we start to scale out a region, our plan is to leave them very centralized here at our headquarters with, with the idea that, you know, we can always just add Ben to the back office for scalability. If there was one kind of takeaway you would leave for everybody in the audience that you felt like, you know, you should try to do today that would have a substantial impact, what would that be? 
So basically, what's the biggest change I've made that I think is interesting? I don't know enough about architecture other than what I've been told through my colleagues here that are architects that have had experience at other firms. But I feel like how we're organizing and building is very disruptive and very sort of counterculture to multiple decades of how a typical architect firm was built. And I feel that, you know, and thanks to Monograph and different things I've done and the connections I've made now globally, I do feel like there's a big movement towards this innovative thinking in the architect or even the AC space around, you know, this can be designed different. Staff are interested in these differences. It's not about spending 25 years now to finally become a partner you know, how do I get compensated well earlier in my career and how do I build that structure? And, you know, am I going to get the autonomy to do what I want because I want to design? I don't want to manage people potentially. I don't want to hang my own shingle one day and I don't want to wait 25 years to be a partner, but I, you know, I want to be part of a, you know, dynamic, fast growing, you know, culture centric environment. That was really amazing. I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people in the audience because I think they also strive for the same. With that, I, I we are kind of short on time at this moment, but Shane, I want to thank you so much for kind of walking us through the operations of, of Rossman, the impact you've had. I think some of the stats that you presented are going to have people reaching out to you because there's some secret sauce or magic that I'm sure that they want to understand that you're doing over there. Really appreciate the, the time you've given us. Yeah, well, thanks so much. And I've really enjoyed the whole day. You've had some great speakers. So it was a pleasure to be a part of that. I love that you said movement. So we'll take that and we'll figure out what to do with it. <laughs> I believe that's going on. You'd be surprised. I've connected with people in Europe, you know, people all over the U.S. As you know, we're a Canadian firm and we're just a small regional Canadian firm. But, you know, we have big aspirations and it is really neat to know that there's other firms in the world that agree with what it is we're trying to accomplish. So I really like that, George. So thanks very much. Yeah, thank you. Hey, it's Chris from Monograph. Thank you so much for joining us here. At Monograph, we're building the number one practice operations platform for small to mid-sized architecture firms. More than 200 practices are using Monograph today to run the business side of architecture. You can start a free trial today or watch a live demo with our CEO, Robert Ewan. Get started at monograph.com. That's monograph.com. Talk to you soon.